his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do on a Sunday night is be here with you. And we've been at it for 22 years, almost 23 And I have to tell you, there's a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to start out with Jonathan Lowe, who's in studio. Uh, He's one of the producers, Jimmy Erickson, and Jonathan Lowe produced this show. And I have to tell you, I was watching some of the Vikings game today. I've told you many times that I'm 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 trying to learn all these sports. And football is the one I know more so than any because I actually married a man who was uh, in into um, that that particular sport. So I learned as much about the game as I could. And one thing I've learned is that Minnesotans, um, we seem to be the ones that are not as supportive of our Vikings as we used to do. Am I right about that, Jonathan? No, no, no. I, I will tell you right now that this is not a Minnesota thing. When you have people that are pessimistic about the teams that they root for. I am case one uh, prime example. I am a pessimistic fan of the teams that I root for from Kansas City because you you haven't had the successful runs that you've had with teams like the New York Yankees or in hockey the Montreal Canadiens, these legacy Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers, these legacy franchises where their pedigree is winning. So you've seen the disappointments time and time and time again. And when you're used to it, the, for the most part, I think there are, there are going to be a lot of fans that are that, that sort of clinch their fists or clinch their teeth in anticipation of, oh boy, this is happening again. Yeah, but at the same time, um, what I do know about Minnesota is that we are fortified. And whether our team wins or loses, it used to be that we would stick with them. And I think that has changed across the country. People are not as... um, they won't believe in the team that is losing. They want you to win, and they only give you that option. You know, some of the fans I've talked to and some of the shows I've listened to, even the um, the um, reporters that are reporting on these games, they sound as though you either win or get off the field. And it isn't always about that. What happened to, you know, sometimes we have children that go uh, awry. You know, they, they lose their way and move off of their path. Do we just stop loving them? Do we stop cheering them on? Same thing with couples that, you know, at the breaking, the breaking point, do we say, hey, just break up and shut up? No. We, they get therapy. They try their best to make it so, happen. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So I just want to get this straight for the listening audience out there. <laughs> you are equating sports fandom to loving your children 
or being in a relationship. It is, an, it is a relationship in a way, but even I, the sports dork that I am, even I know that there are certain lines you cross when you're talking about, oh, I, I think that this relationship should go away because these two can't work it out. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. No. I'm saying that the, the mind that we have, the sports fans, it's not all there. You know, we're we, we a little bit nuts in, in ways. And so are we, you saying it's never been there? No, no, no. the 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 mind The mind of a sports fan. We're not all there. We're not. We're, we we have something that's kind of not uh, right with us because we love the sports so much. We we love know. sports so much. It's it's great to love sports that much. But even I have to admit, there's a little bit something crazy about us. Yeah, I can agree with that. But I do compare it because we put up with so many other things that are not perfect. Why do I, we expect our teams to be perfect? Well, we want we want to enjoy the success of the team as part of the community. We we want to be as again speaking as one sports fan. I I, I try not to speak as everybody, but I'm, right now I'm going to speak as everybody because I, I feel I'm in this. We want to be part of the parade. We want to be part of the parade that's going down in Minneapolis or St. Paul's West Seventh Ave uh, West Seventh Avenue or West Seventh Street in St. Paul Hennepin Avenue or First Avenue in Minneapolis. We want to be part of that scene where the players are driving along in their cars, their, their convertibles, and saying, yeah, we're part of this. This is part of us. This is who we are. We want to be part of that. But not every team can be part of it. No. One. No. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. I truly believe that sports is a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the nation. It brings us together. It tears us apart. It starts conversations. People that you never thought would, would actually sit at a bar and talk about sports, you know, <laughs> they do it. No matter how much they hate each other, they still do it. And so for me, watching the game today, I was sitting there thinking, what are the, what are the fans or what are the non-fans thinking about right now? Are they all screaming in their head, get rid of the coach? Because that, that's the sort of thing you start to hear. They want to pick the A- coach too? After today, after today, yes. They, they are probably saying that. They're probably saying that really loudly because – this was going into the game itself really quickly. This was a game you had to win. This was a situation. You were up 14 points. You are up two touchdowns at multiple points in the game, multiple times, on the road against a very good Baltimore team that's at the top of their division. If you want to be considered as a playoff team, as a playoff contender, this is a game you have to win. If they were down two touchdowns and came back and, and tied it and lost in overtime, that's a different story. That's different momentum. But they were up multiple times by 14 points, and they could not get it done. That is not a good feeling. The momentum is completely different. I'm telling the you, momentum, I'm telling yes, you the truth. I know, I know the the truth. Mo- I, momentum is important. But at the same time, it used to be, you remember when, I think it was Wisconsin, the Packers, wasn't it there a time where they were losing all the time? Years ago, decades ago, they were losing all the time. But the people um, partially own the team, right? They're in this yes, to win it. Yes, it's, it's but a majority. when they didn't a, win it, they still went after um, they they still supported their team. Because yes, we are frustrated. Yes, we don't think it's doing. You guys are doing the best you can, but we're still going to support you. But but again, that's part of the prestige. 
you're talking about a franchise that has had has won five Super Bowls, and before that, I'm trying to remember how many NFL championships they've won. This is this the Green Bay Packers are one of the top three pedigree franchises in the NFL. They've Mid- come a long the, the, way. Well, no, no, no. But you you got to remember, Green Bay was there at the beginning. They were there well before the current NFL that we know now. They were there in 1920. They were there at the basically at the beginning of this this league. And I'm glad and, you mentioned that because Jonathan, isn't that what it's all about? It's a totally different league today. Football. It is. It's, it's totally different than well, it used to be. But it's always been about winning. It's always been about winning, but people were more patient. They were they were like, that's all right, my team, my team didn't do it. My team didn't do it. I'm talking about in the eighties and nineties. My team may not have won, but that's all right. They're gonna get it together. No, They're gonna uh-uh, get it together. Uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, no, Man, I watch no. football all the time. That was when I knew the game was in the eighties. That's when I knew it. I I'm knew gonna... the players. I knew what was happening. I understood the scoring. I understood it. Now, if you try to get me to tell all the stats for each of the the members, no, absolutely not. I'm I'm not into that. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a real quick example. You say going back to the '80s and '90s. I'm going to give you a real quick example Uh of going back to the '80s. How how that still didn't jive really well. So, I'm from Kansas City. I didn't really start rooting for the football team there until about '90 '91. I was about Were 10, 11 years old. Is that when they started winning? No, no, no. I just, I just really didn't start really following sports as much as I do now until I was about 10 or 11. I didn't, I didn't, start, I didn't start like at 5, 6, 7 years old. So in the 80s, Kansas City had a coach, coached by the name of Marv Levy. He was there in 78, and I'm looking this up on one of the reference sites right now. He started in – as the head coach in 1978, he made it midway through 82 and got fired in, in 1982. So he got four and a half years. Okay. What's your point? Never got, never got, uh, he got one game above 500 one year. That's, that's, that was his best record was nine and seven. All the other years were either at or below 500. Marv Levy then went on to the Buffalo Bills. And Marv Levy ended up going to the Super Bowl four consecutive years. So, and, and Buffalo did not reach their first Super Bowl until his, one, two, three, his fifth year? Fifth year as coach? I see what you're saying, Jonathan. I see what you're saying, and that's an important point. I do get it. It's just that if we're going to be supportive of our teams, and I've said this many times, including me, I don't buy the ticket. I watch it. I watch it on television. I, you know, read about it the next day and try to figure out if I understand what they're saying. But at the same time, I just don't understand why we have cut off our team. It's like if they don't win, then I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm not buying the tickets. I'm not coming to see you, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a small percentage. I honestly. I honestly do. Right. I honestly I think right. that's a small percentage, and then maybe if they win a you know a couple playoff games over the next two or three years, the fans will pay attention more. I don't think fans go away and never come back. I think some fans will go away for the season once once it gets to a point of well we're out of the playoff picture or well we just have not had a really good start and it's six or seven games in. I'm not going to follow the team as much as I normally would or as, as I would focus in on them, I'm just going to wait, you know, check out maybe box scores, check out 
maybe a couple no, of interviews here and there, saying. and then I come do. back I next understand. season. Right, I understand that. But I wish we had more time to talk about this. But I have something else I want to talk about as well, Jonathan. Oh. So we're going to take a break and come back and talk a little bit about Christmas music. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is now 722 here at WCCL. Now, we've been talking sports for a minute, and I do want to let you know that Timberwolves play at Memphis tomorrow. Again, that's Timberwolves play at Memphis tomorrow at 630 p.m. on WCCL Radio. Don't miss it. One, now, one, other, to, one other thing yes. I wanted to mention real quick while you, we were on the sports thing before we switch over, Minnesota United, the MLS team, is playing right now. They're in the last minute of play in Los Angeles against the Galaxy and a playoff spot is on the line. If they lose, they could potentially fall out of playoff position. They are tied right now at three, and again, it's seconds left on the clock. If they end up tying, they will make the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so no matter what I'm talking about, break in and let us know if they win, okay? Okay, yep. That would be great. All right, I do want to mention, though, very quickly about Christmas music. I don't know about you, but my mother has a certain day of the year um, where she really starts to listen. Sometime in the summer, she'll start all of her children's Christmas albums. She'll start playing that, and then she'll not play it at all in, like, September and October. And then all of a sudden, mid-October, everything changes. My mother is, like, in to do it. And I wanted to know who started playing Christmas music in the stores first. Well, October 22nd, Best Buy Electronics, right, definitely jumped the gun by starting its Christmas music playlist nine days before Halloween. Now, this was an article that was written nine days before Halloween. And as we know, Halloween and Christmas have been battling who is the number one, right? But they say that um, they wanted to start it because, hey, maybe they just enjoy Christmas. November 1st, it's Sears, Kmart, Michaels, Lane Bryant, and Maurice's, right? November 5th, that's past, Ulta Beauty Stores. And then coming up November 9th, it's going to be Belk and H&M. November 11th, Office Depot, Office Max will turn on the Christmas music in their stores. November 13th, Walmart, Dick's Sporting Goods. I would think those two would have started earlier. November 16th, Verizon Wireless will start playing the Christmas music. And then, of course, November 18th, 
um, is Staples, just the one, Staples. Mid-November, Macy's AT&T stores start to play the music. And then on Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, November 23rd, JCPenney, uh, Giant Eagle, and then on Black Friday, Publix, um, Target, Home Depot, Nordstrom, Whole Foods, we can go on and on and on. And it keeps going. The latest one, if I'm not mistaken, um, in late November is Petco. December 1st is Statter Brothers or Stater Brothers, the supermarkets. Um, And so... There are other companies we don't even know. We have no idea if they're going to play the music or not. Stores who don't or did not reveal a date was Starbucks, Apple, TJ Maxx, Ross, and Ikea. And stores that just don't play any music at all, they don't play any Christmas music, Winco Foods, Costco, AutoZone, and GameStop. So here's the reason why I'm interested in this. We've heard complaints from various people. Uh, around the world as well as around our country. You know, we are so diverse here. And some people say, why play Christmas music? You know, I'm not a Christian, so why do I need to hear that? First of all, Christmas music is not all religious, right? You have a lot of um, songs that are not within that genre, but they are considered holiday songs. I call them Christmas songs no matter what, but they're holiday songs, right? Oh, the weather outside is frightful. You know, there you go. Um, We can go on and on down the list, but... I love it when they start the holiday music. I love it when they start playing the Christmas music. And when you don't hear it or it gets later and later, does that make us feel like Christmas is around the corner? Oh my gosh, I better get going decorating. I better get going getting the gifts and you know preparing the meals. I'm just so excited because it's around the corner. Or are you one of those people, Jonathan, where Christmas begins, you know, the whole season of the music starting, and you want it to start like in October before Halloween. There are nope. a lot of people who feel like that. Nope. So you get tired nope. of it after a while. Is that nope. what you're saying? I I try to completely blank it out of my mind so that it's not even in my existence until I, I've, I've been very hard on people and on this decision in the past. I mm-hmm. will admit that. I'm going to try to ease off of my Grinch status a little bit. Oh, hey, now. I will say... The week before December 25th, December 18th, go ahead. Go crazy. December 18th, you're good. Before that, no. 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 Mm-mm. By the way, I gave the, the wrong date, I believe, for Black Friday. I think it's the 26th of November, so I got that all wrong. Yes. Thanksgiving is the 25th, so forgive me on that. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, but he, here's the thing. I, I think... Um, As we all watch it unfold, we're so used to it, uh, especially here in Minnesota. We are used to hearing the holiday music, whether it's secular or whether it's um, religious. Um, And and, and a lot of the radio stations mix it up. Some have a lot more of secular than the other or vice versa. So my whole thing is I know you get tired of it. You're a radio guy. You're producing and you're out there, you know, having to listen to it all the time. And I think CCO still does that one day of Christian or one day of Christmas music. The entire day, which was Christmas Day, right? We still do our setup, our Christmas setup, where Mm -hmm. we start noon. on, And and it's shifted a little bit back and forth through the years, but it's usually around noon on Christmas Eve. We start our Christmas programming, and we go through all the rest of Christmas Eve and through basically all of Christmas Day. Sometimes it's ended at... 10 on Christmas night. Sometimes it's ended at 2 a.m. on the day after Christmas. 
it's it it has varied a little bit there. It doesn't go usually to midnight itself on uh, Christmas night, the day after Christmas, whatever you want to call it. But that it's usually been about thirty six hours. The only real time I can remember ever having an interruption was the one time that the Timberwolves played on Christmas uh, night. That's it. Other than that, we usually have that 36-hour block blocked off for Christmas programming. Right. So then you must be in the wrong state because, you know, Minnesotans love their holiday music, their Christmas music. We love it. I I am not going to (laughs) deny people their Christmas music. I'm not going to... Say you shouldn't. Well, okay, I will shame them. <laughs> I will shame them. I'll say, why are you doing this? Why don't you have no common sense? No, I, 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 I complain and moan about it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. If they want to listen to Christmas music, let them listen to Christmas music. Oh, it brings me joy. It really does. Christmas music brings me joy. Whether it's Christmas, whether it's sacred or secular, I enjoy them. And it is just, I get in the mood. In fact, this year, I really want to decorate my mom's house, you know, and surprise her with, you know, the type of front of the house type of decoration she's always wanted. So that's part of my gift to her. I'm so excited about that. We got to take a break and do some weather. And that is coming up next. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 735. Welcome back to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. Um, our guest will be joining us in just a moment. But I do have to say the voting, um, the voting thing that happened was really a trip, and I have to admit that I do not, I officially do not like ranked choice voting. Uh, voting. I don't like it at all. However, there are people who really are into it and say, hey, this is a better way to do it. Well, that's a whole other subject. But tonight we're going to talk to a guest who actually won 
Um, she is the new city council member representing the area that is known as, uh, well, it's part of North Minneapolis, but it's Ward 4. And for 30 years, Latrish Vita has called North Minneapolis home. I am so excited to have her join us tonight. She defeated incumbent, is it Felipe or Philip uh, Cunningham? Which is it, Latrish? It is Philippe Cunningham. Oh, Philippe Cunningham. You beat him. Yes, you did. And he was a strong proponent, especially of the question, too, on police reform. Tell me, um, were you nervous about that, or was this a really big piece of why you decided to run? So, I, of course, I was nervous about running against an incumbent. Um, that's just really a hard thing to do, um, you know, to be the incumbent and the the biggest thing was once I got out on the doors talking to people about why I was running, um, it, my my message resonated. We were all worried about safety, and that became a bigger and bigger issue throughout this year. As you as you probably know, you know, crime just skyrocketed in our part of town. Yes, it did. Um, and there are so many uh, ways we can look at that and argue that point. But I do know that where you live and where I live are definitely um, feeling the pain, feeling the stress, feeling the hurt of it all. And so you decided to run to try to make a difference in the community that really helped you uh, a long time ago. Tell us about that. So I, my mom moved, my single mother moved her three children here uh, to the north side over 30 years ago. We were having a hard time in our lives in the projects in Chicago. She just brought us here. Uh, this was the place that loved on us. The north, the north side is the place that embraced us. You know, we've had some challenges over the years, but the north side has always lifted us up. And so I just felt called to give back to the very community that welcomed myself and my family over 30 years ago. Is your mom still with us? Yes, my mom lives in Ward 4. She voted for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. Okay, so knowing that, what's how does she feel about it when you came forward and said, I'm running, Mom, I'm going for it? She was a little nervous at first because I told you we had some struggles on the north side. So my mother was a little nervous about, you know, like, oh, my goodness, what are they going to dig up or what? You know, she was a little nervous at first, but she had full faith in her child. I, You know, I ran for park board in 2017 and won. And I, I just think my mother settled into me being on the park board. She was really excited about having her middle child be elected to office in Minneapolis and extremely proud. And I don't, I don't think, I mean, you know, it was me risking it, but I was, I think she was like, we can't risk our seat. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and for, to know that you decided, it just decided and said, okay, as long as my family is supporting me, the friends that are supporting me, I'm going for this. That is a real challenge because there are people who run for office that don't have um, that type of support that where their family says, yes, go for it. I remember the first time I wanted to run, and of course I haven't run yet, but when I said to myself, I'm going to run one day, someone I really care for said to me, no, you're not. I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's hard to, you know, because I did have some people who say, oh, why would you risk your park board seat, you know, you're so good on the park board. But it, it just wasn't what I felt. I really felt like it was my time to run for city council. I hadn't planned it. I was really just hurt by a lot of the pain I felt my neighbors had. You know, I'm, I'm just, anybody will tell you, I'm just a people person. I'm a talker. I'm a listener. And 
you know, there was just so many people I had been hearing at the park board level just talking about the lack of constituent services in the fourth ward, you know, all the crime. And I had some personal connections to, um, you know, uh, gun violence that when I saw the young kids who were shot over the summer, two murdered, one, um, you know, fighting for his life, it just really made me feel like you could be doing more for this city. Yeah, it's really true. And we all should be considering that. What more can we do? Let's talk about who you were as a park board uh, uh, member, right, that sat on the board. If, if you were part of the park board, are you different today now that you are a part of the city council? Well, the park board definitely taught me good lessons in governance, right? Like you learn that um, because I've been an advocate for so many years. I've worked at North Point for 15 years, worked at Fremont Clinic before that and worked on a lot of public health policy. And so I was on the other side of the work. So being on the park board and having the advocates talk to me about issues really showed me both sides. It gave me firsthand experience in governance and how important it is to always talk to everyone and just not the loudest people. You know, like there's groups of people who are extremely loud and they catch your ear. But is that really what majority of the people want? And how are people going to be affected by decisions that you make as a policymaker? And so I learned that. I learned about budgets and finance. You know, the park board has a hundred twenty million dollar budget. Here I am at North Point with my three hundred thousand dollar budget. And it was a lot. But then we get to budget season in the park board and it's three months of your life with, you know, creating a budget and trying to fit things in that fit the communities that um, are usually underserved. So I learned about budgeting and relationships in government are very different. What I found challenging on the park board was that a lot of people never stopped campaigning. They didn't transition into serving. People still govern like they campaigned in like groups and like not really open to things outside of their circle of people they campaign with. You know, I interviewed all four of the um, candidates for mayor of Minneapolis, and I asked the question, you know, I, I did not see, um, sometimes I didn't see in any of, some of them not come to the door. They didn't come to my door and just, or to my mom's door and just say, hey, I want to talk to you about who I am and I'm running for such and such office. With you, you went to what it was, it 8,000 houses or something like that? Over, or was it more? over, over, over 8,000 8, homes. And, and yes. you know, when people come to the door and you ring the doorbell or knock on the doorbell, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know. You don't. So, yeah. <laughs> did you bring a team of people with you? Did you um, send out information to those homes first to say, hey, this is who I am and you'll probably see me stop by? Oh, no, I just stopped by. You know, I had a vision of knocking every single door in the ward and I couldn't. I, if I could have, I would have. I mean, I still had two jobs, so I had to go to work. <laughs> but I, no, I just, you know, I picked the area. I knocked the door. I took a chance. Some doors were open. Some weren't. I went back and knocked again in those same areas. And, you, and, and really, the doors started to open up more after Labor Day. And after that ballot question made the news, um, you know, that there was the back and forth with the judge, um, and the ballot question staying on the um, 
the ballot or going off. And that's when people really got checked into this election cycle and really tuned in. So when I it turned into people opening the doors for me and saying, where are you on the public safety question? Where are you on question number two? This is how I'm deciding on um, who I'm voting for for city council. Yeah, and some people were really nervous about that question. It's like, how do I answer this? I have to live with my choice uh, on these questions. Not just that question, you know, um, but all of the questions that were on the ballot. But question number two was on the minds of so many Minnesotans, especially over North Minneapolis. And by the way, we're talking about the black folks, white folks, and any other folks. They were asking the questions, what does it really mean? What is this saying to us? We want to be clear about it. So do you believe that that question had the clarity that we deserved? Oh, absolutely not. And I said that from the get-go. When I when I saw it in the explanatory note, I had questions myself. I asked the current councilman, um, what does this mean? Talk to us about the plan. How is this going to be implemented in 30 days? This just feels like vague language. I felt like the... The description is something that could have happened now that we didn't need the ballot question. And when I walked up to the doors, I shared that with people. Or when people stopped in my campaign office, I shared my concerns with them. We had same and similar concerns. As you know, here on the north side, no matter what ward uh, you live in, four or five, people were concerned because we have, you know, Like, we see the effects of these types of things every day firsthand in our neighborhoods. We do. And so, for me, I don't quite know if this has hurt us uh, in in North Minneapolis as a collective or if it has helped us with this particular question. Where do you think North Minneapolis residents and, and even the businesses, where do they stand today now that we've gotten through this question? It's all done. The election is done. What do you think? It Has it harmed us or made us better? I think it's um, given us the opportunity to really talk about how we deal with public safety moving forward. One of the other things I heard from folks a lot and I felt was this this idea of, of this question and some of the ideas that our current council members have. They did, people in this neighborhood, in these neighborhoods, didn't have a voice in. So this allows for us the opportunity to actually talk about public safety as a community, what it means to different neighborhoods. You know, it's, it's not the same in, in North Minneapolis as it is in other parts of our city. We need traffic control on the north side. You know, I live in Ward 4. Um, Ward 4 is far from the 4th Precinct. The 4th Precinct is on Plymouth and mm-hmm. um, Morgan. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to be advocating for a substation in uh, Ward 4 because we need uh, less call time. You know, it's, it's, it's a long wait when you're in an emergency situation. We hear them saying now, you know, you need an officer there right away for a carjacking situation. And some of these other crimes that have started to happen often in our communities. And so I'm going to be advocating for a substation because I know that's something that's needed in Ward 4, and that's what a lot of folks are talking about. Call time, that, like how long yeah. does it take? Right. Do you think it's going to be enough if you had that? No, it's definitely station. not going to be enough. It's definitely not going to be enough. But um, oh, it's a start. The chief has talked about a lot of the reforms he's working on. That's a start. We're only at a starting place right now. This is this 
um, you know, public safety is always, there's always going to be work to do. It's always going to be changing. And I think what's happened in this city over the last 19 months has allowed for us to have an opportunity to really think about, you know, how we transform and change public safety and, and how we do it together as a community. Okay, so here's the thing. You and I both know that North Minneapolis, uh, the residents, have, has really changed. Uh, the color of North Minneapolis is changing. You know, we have had such a vibrant community of all types of people from all over, black, white, Asian Americans, East Indians, I mean, whomever it is that lives in this community, uh, Hispanics, you know, it's, it's like, okay, we are all family. We have to live amongst each other. But things are changing. Have you noticed? Oh, yeah. They, I, you know what I noticed? And it was just so heartbreaking for me was that it didn't feel like that small town that the north side always felt like to me. You know, it always the north side always felt like that close knit family, people in your business, even when you didn't want them in your business. Everybody knew everyone, you know, no matter where you lived, you bumped into someone at the hardware store. That has changed for sure, but I think it's really the issue of safety. People have been afraid. It, it's been so scary. It's put a it's put a hold on us as a community in the worst way possible. It's the one issue sh that should be bringing us together, and we should all be working on. And it's divided us. It has divided us, but I also have to admit that we are part of that division. Every one of us over North Minneapolis, we are part of the division. Um, how many people do you see out every day trying to meet and greet others and say, hey, I want to get to know you? Maybe you were one of those during the election, right? Or maybe there were others, but I'm here to tell you, when I walked out the front door, not only was I not meeting and greeting people saying, hey, you know, you know, this is where okay. you, you vote around here. And hey, it's so great to have you in the neighborhood. Do you know about us? Is there anything you have questions about? No, I didn't do that. So I was responsible for not making sure that my new neighbors, right, mm -hmm. knew where to go, knew if you had any questions they could ask me. Now, we do have one neighbor in our neighborhood who goes all around the area um, in my mom's neighborhood and asks those questions, but that's a real challenge. If we don't reach out, I mean, I, 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 I blame me. I didn't reach out, and if we all reach out, wouldn't that be the thing to do? Wouldn't that make us Absolutely. better, bring us closer together no matter what color we are? Absolutely. And we have to do that. We have to commit to doing that. The reason why the North Side always felt like a small town, the good place, the best place, is because of that. Exactly what you just said. We, you know, we smile at each other. We say hi to each other. We don't just walk past each other when we're going to our car to work in the morning. We help each other out, you know, with picking up the leaves. We have to get back to that. But I do believe that safety is a part of that. I really do believe that feeling safe is a part of why we have that disconnect in our community. Final question. We know that before the election, it was very clear that we don't have enough police officers in the Twin Cities, period, right? Whether it's St. Paul right. or Minneapolis. And knowing that, um, and you, you wanted to make sure that you have police, that you have support, you want to, you know, open up the satellite uh, department. I, it, all of that really matters. But do you think it will really happen? I think it will. I think w what we've seen um, with the lack of police in particular on the north side, you know, like how much damage can be done. I think 
you know, the people who live here are going to push me to make sure it happens and push anyone else in leadership positions in our city to make sure it happens. I'm excited about the opportunity, you know, to work with the chief on a robust recruiting program. Hopefully we can get some folks out of our community, you know, some of our neighbors to apply to be police officers and we can incentivize them if they live in Minneapolis, you know, like I I'm excited about the future. I really do think that um, people want something different. They want to be a part of whatever that difference is. And, and it's just time we, you know, we've been hurt long enough. It's time for us to really, really, really just, you know, do something big and, and vibrant and fun for our city. I can't wait to find out what that is for you. Latricia Vita, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on getting on the city council. That's a big thank deal. Thank you so much. It is. It is a really big deal. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay. Take, take care of yourself, all right? Thank you. You're welcome. That is Latricia Vita. Of course, she has called North Minneapolis home for a long time, and now she is the new city council member representing uh, Ward 4. How about that? We're going to take a break and come back with a few thoughts in just a moment. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is now 7.54 here at WCCO. Welcome back. You are listening to Steel Talking. This is uh, the end of our, of our first Hour And, of course, coming up the next hour is John Abraham. We're going to talk about climate change, and it's really going to be the focus about this because this professor, John Abraham of University of St. Thomas, is going to join us to talk about climate changes and how all of these questions and committees that get together to talk about infrastructure deal being passed and what where does climate change and clean energy and all of that live within all of that. So we're going to talk about that from 810 until 830. And then, of course, at 835, Mike Freeberg is going to join us. And uh, Representative Mike Freeberg, he is a believer in standard time. And we're going to talk about why in the world do we keep changing our clocks? Why not just have standard time, period? Wouldn't that be awesome? Right here in Minnesota. And then at 9 o'clock is all things arts and entertainment. We really want to make sure that you know all about it because it's a lot. Um, We have lots of performers that are going to talk about what's coming up for them. And, of course, after the 9 o'clock hour, it's all about the 10 o'clock hour where I get a chance to talk to my son, Michael Battle. We call it the Mom and Michael Hour right here on WCCO. Hey, Jonathan, I want to ask you before we have to go, did you have a chance to vote? And if so, was it confusing to you? at all with this rank choice voting i did vote i do not vote in minneapolis because i do not live in minneapolis so i voted in my city's election roseville and they do not have rank choice voting so i don't have to worry about oh, it thank you, you very have to much do it oh my gosh 
Yeah, my sister Javita, I think she told me they didn't have to do ranked choice, choice voting in Golden Valley. So I believe it's it's I don't I don't think St. Paul does it. I don't think any of the other cities do it. I think it's just a Minneapolis thing. Is it just here. why? Why? Don't ask what me. What is that? See, I gotta I gotta ask that question. That'll be coming up in just a moment. <laughs> All right. So, everyone, thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. And as we um, look at what the week has ahead of us, make sure you try to find some joy this week. It's been a long time since I've asked that of you. But with all of the changes here in our country, please know that I am thinking about you, praying for you, uh, wanting everything to go your way if it's the thing that's meant to do. But just keep your smile on, huh? Try that for me. And just know it's okay. It's going to be okay. So finding joy is our assignment. It sure is mine every day. (laughs) We'll be back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.